and a day later, you arrive on Coruscant, the bustling planet. Cities cover every square inch of the planet. Where do you meet High Inquisitor Tremaine? In a sense of irony, the uh, Intelligence Bureau is located in the uh, Jedi Temple. So my character, uh, as he is landing, he spots a very familiar, imposing figure waiting on the landing pad for him, um, casually leaning to mm-hmm. the side, arms uh, arms at his side, sta- uh, watching as the ship uh, lands. It's uh, Tremaine. My character uh, uh, disembarks. Some of the, the peons uh, behind me, they quickly scurry to collect some of the, the evidence that we've collected, the body, and they know where they're going to take it. My character moves towards Tremaine and offers a slight bow of his head. Tremaine's not really into the theatrics as this uh, master and apprentice and all that stuff. We're gentlemen about this. <laughs> We're not weird like those like fifth brother, seventh sister crap. He bows his head respectfully. Hi, Inquisitor Tremaine. Agent Saya, walk with me. Of course. Tremaine leads you through several of the hallways of the Jedi Temple. Saya, is there any, do you feel anything walking through these hallways? Nothing but cold logic. I don't. I don't look towards any from. I, I don't uh, look at something with familiar uh, familiarity. Uh, I don't look at. I, I don't let any uh, shades of memory dance over in my the back of my head. This is a walk through an office to me, a workplace. Nothing more. Nothing less. And for reasons that are probably only known by him, Tremaine actually leads you to where the younglings used to live. This is uh, not an area of the temple that you go to very often, uh, at least not anymore. It's for very low-level operatives in the the uh, the association. Am I being demoted, I say, as uh, I follow him, noting the area around us? We are here to pick up your new crew. Oh, what happened to the last crew? They were sufficient enough. We are looking for new opportunities and efficiency. Oh, well... That always works out well. What What's the latest cog in this machine? And he walks you over to um, one side of the room. The, the sides of the room have been uh, converted into computer terminals, and you see a variety of people and droids working at them. He leads you to uh, approach a, a woman who has the uh, cybernetics ringing her, her head. Oh, kind of like Lobot. Yes, she is very dark-skinned, and her uh, head is completely bald to accommodate the cybernetics. My character kind of cockily leans to the side, uh, his shoulder resting against one of the servers as he looks her over. Then he looks back towards Tremaine and doesn't even ask a question verbally, just raises his eyebrow, like, really? And Tremaine approaches the woman. Laris. The woman turns around. Laris, you have been assigned to Agent Saya's ship. Is that acceptable? Of course, sir. Delightful. Laris, is it? Is there a last name I have to remember? No. Well, that is even better. You're a step above the rest. I am Inquisitor Sayo, and you will be my pilot? Yes. I have been augmented to have faster reaction times than any human does. I am able to interface with a wide variety of ships in order to provide faster computational access. Uh, Shut up. I'll take it. Fantastic. I give her the uh, landing bay I'm at, and uh, I say, you'll be summoned whenever I am uh, given a new mission. It's a pleasure to meet you, and I give a lazy kind of bow of my head to her. Nothing even shows a hint of respect, and he just turns away. Uh, This is done. He has no follow-up questions. To him, this is a unique peon. 
but still a peon. Nobody he really has to care about. Speaking of new missions, Agent Saya, this is Tremaine, who is uh, who is walking away from Laris along with you. He also has no need of, of pleasantries with the cyborg. Of course, yeah, my character is... Uh, my character didn't turn away from Tremaine. He noticed that Tremaine kept walking and just followed along like a good little puppy. New mission, yes. Uh, the last one was interesting. Uh, I have no idea how, but uh, there was a lightsaber involved. He found some sort of illegal schematic somehow and actually got one to function briefly. And you were able to eliminate the threat? Yes. What remains has been shipped to uh, observation. Any indication of where he found the materials to make such a weapon? Cyan uh, uh, shakes his head. No idea. We, uh, I'm having the uh, local troopers investigate his properties, his holdings. Uh, now that we have a face, we have a name. So hopefully that will turn up something. Most likely he was able to obtain not even a full schematic of a how a lightsaber functions. It barely could handle a couple of blaster bolts before it detonated. And do you believe this is going to take care of the locals' reports of the boogeyman? Ah, yes. Uh, this is delightful. He was actually trying to get our attention, sir. He want, This was apparently his audition for us. And how would you rate his performance? Less than stellar. Would not give him a recommendation whatsoever. And uh, Tremaine chuckles slightly. This is what passes for, for banter and, and wit ho, between ho, the two ho, of ho, you. I murdered him. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Did he get those TBS reports? <laughs> yeah. No, no, we, 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 we're boring people. Like This is like a British comedy show. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love British comedy. The Office in space. Yeah, exactly. Tremaine takes you to... Uh, I, get, I, I, I give him basically the rundown of the entire mission as boring as you can imagine any like we're talking about sales in the fourth quarter <laughs> but yeah he just gives him everything he needs to know until he gets you said to the office yes uh going to tremaine's office what does tremaine's office look like i was going to ask you oh i can go into it yes it, describe uh the the office what does a high inquisitor's office look like it's sleek it depends. I mean, there's several high inquisitors, um, and it, each office matches their persona. Some people like to be dramatic, uh, big, foreboding walls of brick and high ceilings. Uh, Tremaine is more sleek. It's almost most what would be described as postmodern, a very minimalistic. But what's there is very powerful. Like, it is very expensive. He has paintings on the wall that probably should be in a gallery at this point uh, instead of hanging in an office where barely anyone will ever see them. What sort of artwork, what, what sort of scenes are depicted? Are they people? Are they landscapes? Is it battle scenes? It's creepy. Like, it's artistically creepy. Like, uh, what he has taken upon himself is... Uh, depictions of it's battle but it's leaning more towards torture i guess like a man on a battlefield and someone standing over them and kind of eviscerating him mm -hmm. so uh, very macabre very macabre like i said beautifully done probably well uh, cost more than my character could ever make in a lifetime definitely has an emotional response and that is of a, a very dark uh, feeling, mm -hmm. which probably is good for an Inquisitor. But my character kind of uh, kind of hides the wrinkle in his nose as he passes a painting of a uh, a collection of Twi'leks, uh, very thin Twi'leks, uh, uh, being forced uh, into uh, looks like a, a rusted cage. Ooh. And there's a flower nearby. <laughs> 
Uh, Tremaine takes a seat behind his desk and indicates you are welcome to take a seat as well. Absolutely. Tremaine is a, I say friend with finger quotes. So yeah, my, I, I'm not going to stand. So I, I take a seat and, and even allow for me, my back to kind of touch the, uh, the chair rest and I kind of relax my shoulders slightly. I'm afraid there is no time for rest. No? Is there another report of a uh, boogeyman running rapid? Something along those lines. We have a squadron of stormtroopers back out on the outer rim who claim that there is a monster on a planet. A moon, to be more precise. A monster. And this is... I expect that from locals, but stormtroopers... They have tried several times to scout the planet, the moon. Uh, it is uh, supposed to be very rich in resources that the, the Empire could use against the Rebellion. But every time the stormtroopers approach the planet, trying to land on the surface, they are attacked by the planet. By the planet? That is all that they were able to to relay as anyone on, who makes it to the surface is no longer able to communicate. So do they have any sensors? Can they get a read of anything going on there? Or is this one of the scouting parties that have minimalistic uh, equipment? All that their equipment can report back is that there is sign of other crashes on the planet. We can find some signs of non-organic items on the planet, such as what we believe is an old ship crash. Interesting. So it is possible that is whatever is impeding our surveys, our, 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 our surveys, has been impeding other beings for quite some time. However, the resources that this moon has under its surface are too valuable for us to ignore. Very well, absolutely. And you are, let me get me this straight, Tremaine. You are setting me to fight a planet. Dry chuckle, dry chuckle, dry <laughs> chuckle. My character does not believe that it's an entire planet. Unfortunately, no uh, other Inquisitors are available at this time. Mm, that always seems how it goes. Not, not the Ninth Sister? She always seems to have a fire under her boot. Tremaine's face has been very impassive this entire time. But at the mention of the Ninth Sister, his left eye, his organic eye, develops a little bit of a twitch. And that was exactly the reaction I was going for. My character, uh, he, my character has a shave, half his head is shaved and the other half is, uh, it's kind of like, uh, what Zorg on Fifth Element has. And he kind of slicks it back a little bit, uh, grinning and, uh, he shrugs his shoulder. Uh, do I, do they still have enough of a squadron of stormtroopers that I will have a detail with me? Yes. Very well. Provided that all of you survive your trip to the surface. I am very confident that, uh, why aren't we just blasting the surface to, to stardust at this point? I mean, if that's the problem. There is a possibility that we can use the moon for colonization purposes. It would serve us very well to have an outpost near where we believe the rebels have also created their own outposts. I see. Very well. Um, I'll have... What was the cyborg's name again? Laris. I'll have Laris co collect information on the system, the sector. Is there a name to this planet? No. Oh, Moon, I'm sorry. No, it has been designated, and he refers to his notes, uh, 3X24. 3X24, delightful. It sounds like a wonderful place. Uh, absolutely, I will... Uh, and I'm... And this is an immediate problem that must be taken care of? Correct. 
then I'll be on my way, sir. And I stand up and offer, again, just a slight bow of my head. Hi, Inquisitor Tremaine. Tremaine has gone back to work. He doesn't even look up as you leave. Yep, my character, uh, just, he marches, uh, through these halls now alone, uh, a little bit less skeeved, uh, now he's away from the painting. He doesn't like some of the paintings in there. It's a, like I said, they're beautifully done, but they're a depiction of the macabre side of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially some of the slaver, uh, uh, just thinking of the slave, uh, the slave painting of the Twi'leks in the cage. He reaches up for his, uh, neck and, uh, and, scr- and kind of just rubs at the turtleneck there. And it lowers just a bit, uh, a bit showing a, um, uh, a hint of a, uh, scar left over from maybe a collar of some sort. And he continues, uh, marching, uh, towards, uh, he doesn't go straight to his ship. He's actually going towards uh, his own office first. All right. And, uh, again, he gets to his office and it very much matches kind of Tremaine's except for the artwork. There is no artwork instead. It is just postmodern. Clearly he's kind of, doesn't idolize Tremaine, but he is kind of taking some pointers. It's also smaller. Oh, than very much smaller. I mean, it is, is a closet compared to Tremaine's. In my character, uh, he uh, sits down at the terminal and, uh, starts just kind of, uh, collecting any, uh, information he may uh, get on 3x24. Yes. And uh, the information that you gather, it is just outside of Hut Space, heading out rather close to Wild Space once again. Mm. Interesting. The rebellion grows more bolder. There is uh, data that uh, implies that there may be two to three rebel bases within that sector. Hmm. They've not been able to pinpoint where exactly it may be, which is why this moon holds strategic value not only for the resources that may be able to be mined, but also as a place to set up shop. He's looking for uh, any information on the uh, materials that they're interested in uh, salvaging and if this is okay. He types in like trying to get that readout because it, you know, it's hiding the information Mm -hmm. and it's restrictive. And my character kind of furrows his brow. Very few things are restrictive, especially just censored logs from a planet. But ever the soldier, he kind of shrugs his shoulder. He kind of just shrugs his shoulder, stands up, and he's moving away. All right. And now, do you go to your ship, or is there anything else? Uh, no, my character is uh, as he's um, leaving his uh, office. Uh, he opens the door, and there is R three B one bone uh, B one. Get it? <laughs> <Bone>. <laughs> That's funny, Angel. Um, I just You're got. Welcome. I just got that bone. B one. Okay. Bone. Okay. Angela's like, oh, you call him Bone. I'm like, why would I call him? And I was like, I got that now. And he looks down and he uh, and he's like, Bone, we have a new guest on our ship. I know. I'm excited. I'm as excited as you are. Maybe you two can talk about power converters and whatnot. Whatever you droids talk about. And my character just continues walking towards the ship. And because you are a member of the Inquisition, you have almost infinite resources at your disposal. This is not a game where I'm going to be super concerned about resource management. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, things can happen along the way where your resources would be depleted. But anytime that you've had a chance to connect with the Empire, you're going to be able to have reasonable access to what you need. So you're, while you've been speaking with Tremaine and in your office, your ship has been refueled, restocked with provisions. Any weapons that you have on board are, you've got fresh ammunition. Your, your ship has gotten routine maintenance. So basically whatever you need at this time, you can get. Great. Uh, my character, uh, 
he assumes all that's been taken care of. And until he has more information on this planet and the supposed monster on it, he doesn't know really what, what to bring other than uh, he has lightsabers and a couple blaster bo- uh, blaster packs. Mm-hmm. He walks through the uh, temple, uh, passing by offices for the intelligence bureau, ignores all the people scurrying around. People usually don't really know know what they are but they do give them a wide berth the inquisition mm-hmm. uh they just know that they're high uh high profiled uh, agents uh, high profiled high uh high ranking agents mm-hmm. uh so they give me a a large berth i give them the same what kind of ship are you flying i believe it's called an mrx b R pacifier? That is correct. Yes, it's known base it's a small ship. It has enough firepower to make a dent into something, but it's really known for having great sensors. Exactly. And uh your ship is not the only one that is in this uh, this docking bay area. There's um, a, quite a hub of activity around a very similar ship. It's a, a docking pad. Docking uh, pad. So as I'm moving towards the docking pad, uh, the one the docking pad to my the right of it, there I see some uh, movement and some excitement there. What's going on there? There is another of the the agents uh, has recently landed and uh, appears to have quite a prize. My character uh, raises a brow and opts to actually walk down that pad, uh, that platform instead of his own. His uh, arms crossed defiantly over his chest. Uh, hustling past you as you walk down, because you're, you know, a, a languorous pace. Uh, you're not in a, a rush, that'd be unseemly. But hustling past you, you hear the, the quick um, click-clack of stormtrooper boots as a squadron hustles past you to approach the uh, the other docking pad. My interest is piqued. And, uh, a, a, quite frankly, a crowd of workers uh, has arrived to, to watch what is happening as the stormtroopers wait for the, the docking ramp to, or the loading ramp to unfurl. Uh, and you see a very, unfortunately, familiar silhouette at the top of the ship ramp. You see a, a familiar silhouette. It's a, another human, uh, a woman this time, who is quite tall and uh, athletic and graceful. She is dressed in all black, similar to you. She is the dreaded ninth sister. I'm just waiting to see what her prize is to have an entire squadron of stormtroopers meet her at the the ramp. And uh, she... the turns uh, back to the darkness of her, her ship and she pulls uh, somebody forward and you see that she has captured a Wookiee. My character uh, kind of uh, wrinkles his nose a little bit, uh, either at the slave collar around the Wookiee's neck or just it being a Wookiee. And uh, he's approaching as I'm guessing she hands off the leash uh, <laughs> towards the stormtroopers. Yes, uh, and you notice that not only t- she hands the, the leash off to one of the rank and file stormtroopers, several of them honestly mm-hmm. take hold, even though she was able to calm the beast by herself. Mm-hmm. But she hands uh, something else over to the sergeant of the stormtroopers, and you recognize a lightsaber hilt. My character shakes his head, and he's, he walks towards her as uh, they're leading this uh, beaten Wookiee. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, with heavy binders around its uh, ankles and its arms towards uh, the once Jedi temple. My character's just approaching the ship now. A Wookiee, really. You know, I had to fight a Darksider. She looks at you expectantly. And you brought a live Wookiee. Delightful. Is it going to be moving rocks for us? 
Jealousy isn't a look that you wear well, sire. I am not jealous of a Wookiee. It's a, it's an ape, if anything. What's so important about a Wookiee? That Wookiee used to be a Jedi Knight. There is no way. There's not been a reported case of a Wookiee Jedi Knight in some time. Any the any ones that uh, were during the Clone Wars were killed on Kashyyyk. And yet, this Wookiee attempted to tear my arms off, not using his formidable paws. Mm. Yes, I heard that's quite a, a common reaction to you. Uh, the wish for... Your arms and your mouth to be ripped from your very body. Well, I guess you brought him in alive. You can have a pat on the back for that one. I should be going. I need to continue my job to ending these threats, not collecting them as common pets. My character turns away, and he stops, turns back towards her, and points. Kaliva. As if it's a game they play. He tries guessing her name. Have fun in wild space. Always. You have fun training your Wookiee, your force-loving Wookiee. And he's uh, walking away, scoffing at the very idea that a Wookiee... He doesn't believe this. I. He has a theory of Tremaine that the Ninth Sister occasionally embellishes. Ooh. There's been once or twice where she's killed a Force user or brought someone in and claimed they were a Force user and... The person who was killed during the interrogation, thus not being able to prove one way or the other. He thinks this is just another ruse of hers. She gets every... Uh, who's her master? Uh, who's her uh, high inquisitor? Not master. Uh, who's her mentor? Uh, that would be high inquisitor Adelric Cessius Brandle. Oh, he's the dramatic guy. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, my character just shakes his head. Brandle's always uh, watching over his, his little... In fact, as you... Uh, are walking away, Brandle is approaching uh, the Ninth Sister to offer his congratulations to her. Yep. As we pass, our shoulders bear, like, almost touch, N neither one of us backing away in these kind of, uh, the fabric on our, our cloaks uh, maybe uh, tickle each other. But we just keep keep walking, my gaze straight ahead, his gaze straight ahead. Uh, I like to think that it's a power play. He probably is, it's more of the mad uh, men sort of thing of he doesn't think of me at all. Mm -hmm. So as he passes, I'm like, enjoy your Wookiee. And he doesn't respond. Of course he doesn't. Cause he's, uh, he's better than you. What's his, what's the guy from Mad Men? Uh, Don Draper. Yeah, he's Don Draper. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for you. I don't think of you at all. So yeah, I, I continue walking and I, I, I'm heading off towards my ship. My mood is souring a little bit as I, I start thinking over if it's possible that she actually found like a rare specimen. Because Wookiees, there are not a lot of Force using Wookiees. They're like incredibly rare. So the idea that the Ninth Sister, the Ninth Sister? Ninth Sister. The Ninth Sister might have gotten him. Because he keeps on telling himself like, no, she didn't. But what if she did? No, God, no, that's ridiculous. But what if she did? So he's he's kicking himself, but trying to tell himself that this is bullshit. That he killed a dark sider, uh, a guy who illegally created a a lightsaber, who must have found some way of getting schematics. He brought him down, and now she's stealing his thunder by bringing in a supposed force using Wookiee, which, by the way, will probably die before of an escape attempt. Thus, being uh, us having to rely on nothing but her uh, her report and her observation. It's bantha shit. That's what I say. I realize I'm my character's mumbling that in as he goes up his ramp. Laris is waiting at the top of the ramp. All supplies have been accounted for, sir. Oh, you're very efficient. 
I am, by all accounts, 19.3% more efficient than your previous crew was. Oh, that's not that hard. Uh, where is the rest of the crew? There is no rest of the crew. There's only you? And your astromech droid. And yep. Arthur, uh, Bone comes up the ramp. Yeah, my character, uh, he, he reaches down to pull out, like, the translator pad of whatever the beeps are, and uh, I'm sure Laris, uh, Laris doesn't need one. Uh, she just responds to him. You may go to your, your post, she tells the droid, and uh, Bone rolls off. Hmm. So you understand the beeps and the boops without a translator? Of course. How many languages do you know? She pauses for a moment. Approximately 10,000. Not bad. That would be useful. Excellent. Well, I suppose we have extra spacing now. Um, the, the crew's quarters are yours to um, do as you please. Uh, there's bunks. Choose whichever one you want. Um, and uh, just so you know, just since you're new, I don't like being disturbed unless it's absolutely imperative. I don't do small talk. I, I don't do uh, calf chatter. And she just nods taking it very literally that you don't do small talk. Fantastic, Laris. And he's just moving up the ramp and towards his room. She um, does some adjustments on the control pad next to the ramp, and it rolls up behind you. This is the start of a beautiful relationship. He shouts over his shoulder as he's back toward... He's heading back towards his uh, room, and uh, as he enters uh, on one of the shelves that was previously vacant is a uh, glass globe, and inside the glass globe, like, hovering in the middle is that... uh, that, dro- that ball- droid ball that he just he clearly finished completed and he kind of frowns and kind of moves it to the left doesn't like that he moves it to the right then he picks it up and moves to the desk and puts it on the corner and he kind of nods his head as the adhesives uh, kind of lock it into place and then he's uh, moving uh, towards uh, the closet opens it up and he starts searching uh, around for something and he finally finds uh, it's like a model kit of uh, a YT-13 uh, uh, in a bottle and he pulls it out Size, amateur hour, and he moves, uh, and he goes to uh, sit at his desk, and that's what he's going to be doing. He likes to keep his mind busy with b- these things. Like, when he opened his closet, there are several models, like, boxes that he's clearly stocked up uh, for a rainy day or a long hyperdrive, uh, hyper uh, space jump. The the course is laid in. You make the final approvals. Uh, Bone is, of course, very familiar with the protocol. So Bone sends you the final coordinates that he is laid, that it has laid in and the approximate time. Um, you're going to be able to follow hyperspace lanes for, uh, the vast majority of the journey, which of course makes it much safer. But the final couple of sectors out towards wild space past hut space, that's going to have to be done manually. Hmm. That's delightful. Bone, um, bring, uh, I, I turns the tablet towards him. Uh, there's a collection of, they have horrible scanners on this ship, uh, the scouting ship uh, they brought with them. But uh, some of these hole markings, uh, you might be able to bring up a uh, ship designs. Bring me a list of ships that you uh, that uh, have crashed on this planet. Uh, their make, their model. And he beeps a couple of times and rolls away. Excellent. And he turns. I uh, I turn back towards my uh, and and I had entered the hallway to talk to him briefly about that. And as I turn away, like, I turn around and, like, there's Lar- Laris just kind of standing at my door. And I kind of, like, juke back a little bit surprised. Then I scrowl. And then I just sidestep her and continue walking. And she's very, is it kind of uncanny valley of her, like, just 
Yes, the the uncanny valleyness comes in um how perfectly still she holds herself. If you look at her, you can see it's like she still breathes. You right. know, there's there's still definitely uh biological functions. Yes. But there's no there's no nervous twitches, there's no muscle ticks or spasms, absolutely no extraneous movement. She she moves uh, with almost a, a robotic purpose, you know, she goes. I perk ex- up actually as uh, as she's walking away, and I'm just watching her as she kind of moves. And uh, I actually I, I approach uh, after she after we've uh, set up the coordinates, and we're we're off into uh, we take off from the planet and go into the uh, first hyperspace lane. Uh, I actually approach her, and I take a seat uh, at uh, where she at. She is on the uh, the bridge. Yeah, and I walk up and I take a seat. She's looking at a uh, at the the console, completely ignoring you. But she is stock still. I'm curious. This absolutely uh, foregoes my previous statement of small talk for the time being. I have a question. I am here to be at your service. So, what kind of uh, cybernetic is this? AJ six cybernetic implant. She uh, he nods his head, uh, turning the side and. Uh, he types uh, the uh, cybernetic into like his little tablet, and he brings up a couple of st- you know just some preliminary reports on it. It is a uh, top of the line. Interesting. It doesn't even go uh, from the public view of it. It doesn't even reach that number yet. Version uh, version three. Interesting. So, did, were you conscripted into this, or was it a volunteer uh, serv- volunteer uh, sort of thing? I don't see what my previous designation matters i want to know and she tilts her her head for a moment obviously trying to parse what i want to know like how how to respond Respond to to that to a child okay (laughs) it was voluntary interesting excellent that's what i like to hear uh is there any uh, i remember the version two of the uh, cybernetic had some uh rather horrific uh symptoms some side effects such as uh, uh sleep paralysis uh i believe that there was one case where there was a short circus and circuit and the man turned into some psychopath i don't have to worry about any of that with that version correct no you would tell me if if there was any side effects right yes excellent when she she looks up from her her console when you're uh, questioning her directly and You've been trained to maintain eye contact. It is a way to show dominance and to intimidate people. She's got you beat on the eye contact game. Her eyes do not waver. She barely blinks. I look away because I'm not playing games. <laughs> like, if she wants to be childish, whatever. My character nods his head and says, Excellent, let's continue on with our previous rule of no small talk. And he stands up and he's moving back to his uh, his dormitory where he is making himself a Corellian YT-13 in a bottle. Message in a bottle. How long does it take you to uh, to build something like that? Do you think, are you going to finish it before you reach the uh, the moon? Oh, yeah. I'm going to finish this baby easily. Uh, how many days is it? Uh, three. Uh, no, it's going to take me a couple. Uh, since I'm not focusing on it, I'm also waiting for that report from uh, what's his uh, from Bone about the uh, uh, the whole fragments that uh, if it was able to pick up what kind of ships might have crashed on this planet before. Mm-hmm. And a day in Bone returns a report that indicates that it was not able to extrapolate a ship model 
but he was able to detect some of the writing that was on the hull, and it is an Athorian language. Mm. Great. A hammerhead. Fantastic. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if anybody wants a planet filled with jungle and jungle monsters, it would be Athorians. I looked up and uh, I kind of wrinkled my nose as I realized I'm talking to Bone. I don't like... I do talk to Bone, but I don't like it. It's not dignified. And my character just kind of waves him off. And then goes back to his... uh Goes into his room and starts reading... um just kind of the the basic scans of the planet. Anything you know is about anything interesting about the sect, uh, the system that it's in. Anything like that. It's mostly unremarkable. Um, Other than the restrictive uh, material that they won't <laughs> list in their report, which my character really is annoyed by that. There is an asteroid field in the uh, in the the system mm-hmm. that has also been marked as prime for mining. For is it just ore or is it for ore? My character kind of, he nods his head and, uh, my character looks through the, uh, uh, the report and nods his head before, uh, what kind of ore? I mean, is it kind of, it's like common ore, nothing ex- uh, too exciting? Nothing too exciting. My character kind of gives a wry grin as, uh, he mumbles to himself, well, it's cheap. And then he's, uh, kind of tosses the, the pad to the side and he starts, uh, going back to his Corellian in a bottle. Corellian YT13 in a bottle. And yeah, he's just he's just waiting there. He tries to get whatever he can from like the reports, but he doesn't have a lot of respect for reports that actually use the word jungle monster. So basically they got they sent people down and they got a few screams of jungle monster, jungle monster, mm-hmm. and then they lost contact. And then they sent us like, hey Yes, there's reports, you know, we're being attacked, but scans don't show there's certainly no record of blaster fire or or any other type of uh, you know no ion weapons no slug cannons so it, plus no signs of any kind of civilization that could right. and the only thing that the reason they said jungle oh so the people that were being attacked they got off a message of some like jungle the jungle monster or mm-hmm. something like that and then that was it and yes. then the people were like, people up on the ship that was uh hovering over the moon decided to send it in instead of send more people down right cool Right. characters kind of shakes his head muttering they're, uh, super uh, crazy superstition they're, they're scanners um they're they're meant for long distance just to kind of tell you know make sure they don't run into a planet let them know if there's a, a ship that they're supposed to meet they're not designed they're for, not sophisticated yeah it's yeah. not designed for cutting through atmosphere and and finding really detailed readings right no the, these people are the preliminary start of uh it's, you know, it's the GIs, you know, the equivalent yeah. of kind of your, your average grunts. This is probably like, we don't call them this, but this is probably the extermination crew that we send to these uh, jungle moons to get rid of any of like the natives. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's just rumor, but I can assume like, no, this is the crew they sent in just like, hey, we don't think there's anybody on this planet, but if there's any like, you know, really intelligent life, kill them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know... Uh, Make sure they're not violent? Yeah, or, or, you know, the equivalent of a rancor, that sort of thing. Yeah, so the basically... Actually, rancor yeah. are very peaceful. Wampas. Actually, that depends. Oh. Rancor on Dathomir are very peaceful, yes. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they... Okay, so these people go in, they land they on the planet. They clear out the natives as well as, uh, like, apex predators. Right. Most likely, yeah. Okay, cool. 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 My character, uh, yeah, you, he'll wait until we get there finally after three days. Uh, you said the last day is going to be a lot of micro jumps yes. because of just it has to be manually done. Yep. This uh, area of space is 
barely charted. So you, they're always on the lookout for, uh, for mass shadows in hyperspace. So it's safest for R3 and Laris are both in agreement to do several micro jumps. Yay. He, mu- he mutters to uh, himself and, uh, but he does go actually to the bridge during this uh, time to watch uh, the micro jumps take place. He doesn't really add any value to it. He sits near the sensors and reads the sensors. That's all he does. <laughs> Laris is also reading the the sensors. And after the, the third jump, her head lifts up to look at you. Are my readings inadequate, sir? Hmm? Oh, no, no, no. I just like to get a first-hand uh, perspective myself. Understood. She goes back to her readings. Yep. And no, my, honestly, my character is kind of double checking her work, but he can't really keep up with her. Uh, so he's trying to do the astrometric, uh, kind of, uh, on a sheet, on like, a, on his data pad, but by the time he's finished one, she's done like four. So after a while, he just gives up and he's just kind of like, just hanging around. Let's see. We're going to have Bone do an astrogation check here. Do you want to, to roll it? No, Bone can do it. All right, Bone will do it. I believe in Bone. Uh, one success, three advantages for uh, Bone's astrogation check. Uh, so this is smooth sailing. As as much as these these micro jumps can be, the acceleration is smooth. The deceleration is is handled perfectly. Good little droid. Excellent. Uh, my character is a uh, kind of he's starting to get used to this idea of. Laris, uh, he does love the fact that there's not a lot of people else on the on the ship anymore. So this this ship used to be manned. There'd be about five other yeah. people on it. So uh, and of course there were there were humans who are messy and needy and chatty. And now it's down to a droid and a cyborg. A droid and a droid. Excellent. My character's actually, he's starting to realize, that he's, he's starting to relax at this. He, my character doesn't like change, but he's starting to realize this change is not so uh, horrible. Exactly. And you make the final jump and Laris reports that you have reached the star system. Fantastic. Uh, where is, is it a star destroyer we're looking for? And he's kind of uh, leaning forward, looking out the window. No, there is a scout ship. Excellent. Let's uh, uh, commence docking procedures and we will speak with them in person. And Laris and Bone put in the coordinates and Laris is communicating. Is it like, is it just a shuttle or is it like a carrier? Like it's not a star, it's not a star destroyer. It's more of a, it's a smaller carrier that would have like troopers in it and right. stuff like that. Right. It's not even one that you really dock. I mean, you can like sync up your orbits, mm-hmm. but there's, it certainly doesn't have any sort of landing right, place right. for Especially you. for, uh, yeah, the pacifier. So yeah, I, I have to actually, so I can't, I can't. Can we sync up our orbits and like go through like a tunnel to reach yes. them? What? Yes. What, how do you do that? Is it you dock with them, isn't it? Yes. You're saying I, I'm not landing, right? Yeah, I'm not landing inside like a docking. But there bay, is yes, but there. But is we can ports. synchronize our orbit and we can get uh, we can lock ports. Yes. Lock ports. There we go. Yep. Techno babble. Techno babble. Laris um, handles all of the the coordination with with the troopers' ship, and uh, after a couple of minutes, you are synced up. There's the chunk of the docking ports hooking up. The as the pressure is equalized, and you are greeted by a stormtrooper sergeant. Sergeant, uh, take me to the captain. I'm the captain. Are there no more officers on board? No. 
Did you send all the officers down on the first wave? There were three waves, sir. And an officer went with all of them? Yes, sir. Was that your idea or was it theirs? It was not my idea, sir. Okay, fine. Delightful. We're dealing with amateur hour here. Take me to... Let's go somewhere to talk. Where? Go to your... Do you have an office now? Let's go to the officer's office. One of them, they're not using it. Yes, sir. And take off your helmet, for God's sake. I'm not talking to a, me a black mirror, for star's sake. And, uh, yeah, my character's uh, marching through the halls, kind of get, trying to, trying to get a read on how many troopers are left in this thing. And you've been on ships like this before, so you know exactly where the officers' quarters are. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you lead the way more so than the sergeant does. And it appears that there's about a dozen stormtroopers left on this ship. Yep, my character. And a ship that should have had 50 or more. He enters the officer bay and he walks behind the desk and takes a seat behind the desk and waves the stormtrooper to take a seat because the guy probably doesn't, he probably would stand and he yep. waves the guy to take a seat. And uh, before the stormtrooper can even talk, he holds up a finger, starts typing away at some of the uh, the console, looks through some data and he's like, oh, of course, of course. You have some of the old, the old god from the Clone Wars, the old Republic troop uh, officers. That's the problem with them. They all, they always want to go out and be with their soldiers, be big men, relive the glory days. It's disgraceful. Now look at you. We've left a, the ship in the hands of those less experienced. So we have no officers because they've decided to be nerf herders, and you're the one in charge. Yes, sir. Give me your report. We re uh, received our orders three weeks ago to to survey this planet. Uh, we have been in orbit for approximately one week. We have sent three waves of troopers and officers to investigate the planet. Officers, of course. Go on. Yes, sir. Uh, you can tell that he's he's rattled giving this report to you. Yes, I can imagine that all the officers left. Most likely, my character is assuming that no one took this seriously, and maybe the officers went down thinking that this would be kind of like a big game hunting. It's kind of a common thing for some of these old guard, old Republic captains that got moved into the Imperials when the Empire started. They kind of like to be a little dangerous, or maybe they were just trying to, you know, just have a big game hunt and they died. So he, he is flabbergasted that all officers are dead. But he's, he's going with it. We have sent the three waves of troops to investigate. None have returned. All communication uh, with the, the planet has been unsuccessful. Except for this one garbled message of a jungle monster? Correct, sir. And do you know who said that? Was it one of your officers or was it one of your troopers? It was a trooper, sir. Mm, do, does a lot of your troopers fall to superstition when mm. under fire? No, sir. What's your de designation, trooper? TK4283. Delightful. I don't do well with designations. I'm going to call you Teak. Teak! Yes, sir. How many soldiers do you can you muster with me right now? I have 12 stormtroopers remaining on this carrier, sir. All right. Now, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to use my ship's sensors to get a read of that planet to see what is going on to see if there's any signs of... There's no civilizations. There's no blaster marks, no fires in the distance... Nothing like that on the sword? No, sir. Okay, uh, Laris, I'm uh, doing a communication mm -hmm. to my ship. Yes, Agent. 
I need you to run a full sensor uh, sweep of the planet. I need you to tell me if there's any guerrilla weapons that are being used, hidden turrets, uh, encampments, any signs of life that, any signs of uh, civilization. Uh, you know the drill. Yes, sir. And I just sit there awkwardly, just waiting silently, uh, kind of just reading over the uh, consult in front of me, just looking at some of the officers that uh, went through and making marks on their records mm-hmm. and shaking my head, uh, mumble- mumbling. And no one takes their job seriously. They think that wild... They, you know why the people get sent out to the wild space, these expeditions. You do know that because the, the Empire just wants to flush away all the bravado that's plagued the new republic that we still have to deal with yes sir thank you teak well whatever we find when we uh you get the uh communication message from laris laris tell me survey complete sir excellent uh what did you find there's no extensive sign of civilization on the planet. We have found re- reports of what we believe to be four separate wrecks on the planet's surface. Mm, past the Athorian ship? The Athorian ship and three uh, Imperial shuttles. I'm assuming those are uh, Imperial atmospheric shuttles used to uh, ferry our troopers to uh, the, the ground, yes? Yes, Agent. And the Athorian ship. Uh, can you get any data reads on that? Any any information? Uh, I tried deciphering the uh, the name, but it's mostly jumbled. I, most of the letters are gone. Do you have any idea what this ship, uh, what its title was? Unknown at this time. The huh. uh, wreckage appears to date back at least 20 years. Many records from that era have been lost. Yes. Purged, most likely. Okay. Well... That's the closest we get to 12 soldiers, you say? Yes, sir. And how many does that leave uh, on the ship handling the controls? 12 stormtroopers is the full complement on the ship at this time. Oh, my God, you don't even have a crew. Are they trained to keep the ship from crashing into orbit? We have autopilot that can maintain that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Liara, I need you to sync up with the ship and make sure it doesn't crash. Of course. Do you have any atmospheric shuttles left, or do I have to land at, land there in my ship? We have one left. Delightful. Very well. Well, you're useless up here, so you might as be useful down there. We're going down to the surface, and we're going to face this boogie monster. Laris, I need you to keep a scan on us the entire time. Inform me if there's any activity. Is that understood? Yes, sir. Captain Teak, make sure to collect all your men. Meet me at the atmosphere, uh, uh, at the dropship. Dropship, that's what it's called. Atmospheric ship. Meet me at the dropship. I will be there. Yes, sir. Amateur hour. And he stands up and, uh, just, uh, moves towards the dropship area. The Sergeant Teak, uh, he gets on the comm, scrambles his troops, and within five minutes, you have 12 uh, identical stormtroopers plus the Sergeant. Uh, my character uh, looks over their gear. Is it just basic blaster? Yes. He shakes his head and he's like, uh, flamethrowers, I need at least two of you using flamethrowers. Do you have those in your complement, yes? For clearing the jungle, I will, I'm not going to be hacking and slashing the entire way. We we have one left, sir. It's not in good repair. There's a reason it wasn't taken by one of the earlier crews. Then that will do. One. La- Laris... Yes, sir. 
uh, we'll be disembarking shortly after we get one marginally working flamethrower into our complement. Uh, please commence scanning and alert us of any changes on the planet's surface. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. So we, I'm going to wait for them to get the flamethrower, and then we're going down. My character, not very amused at all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars, Force, and Destiny. Please follow Fandible on Twitter and Facebook, and share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. We can also be found on Patreon if you wish to make a monthly donation that helps us keep our equipment up to date and travel to gaming conventions to meet listeners like you. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.